It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Flash warm winter temperatures followed by flash snowstorms. Rain quote turning over to snow now commonly beginning at far above freezing temperatures. Just nature? Not so much. More in a moment along with many other bad news breaking headlines but first a glance at the wider horizon. What cards will the power structure play next now that global ecological collapse has beat them to the proverbial intersection? House Intel chairman announces, quote, serious national security threat. That's from CNN. From Politico.com, warning from House Intel is about Russia's space power. Let's stop there and consider that no matter which nation is accusing the other, all major powers are colluding and cooperating on climate engineering operations that hold life on Earth in the balance. Not the long-term, somewhere off in the future balance, the extremely near-term balance, as in before the end of this decade balance. Please take a moment to think deeply about that. To those that accept official narratives about what's occurring and why, in conflict zones around the world, please consider that the same controllers who manipulate conflicts from start to finish and control the narrative are also those pulling the strings in every other arena, including climate engineering. And if you think that they, the controllers, care any more for you than those who are the innocent victims in conflict zones, think again. On a dying planet, populations around the world aren't just expendable to those in power, they're a rapidly increasing liability. Think deeply about that fact and clear the lens through which you view the world. Give me control of a nation's money supply and I care not who makes its laws. So said Mayor Amschel Rothschild, founder of the Rothschild banking dynasty. Those that control the printing of currency control it all, at least for the moment. The purpose of this broadcast is to expose what many don't know, and many more don't want to know. Easter Island Earth, the human race, taken as a whole, isn't just marching toward and over the edge of the abyss. We're sprinting toward it, toward extremely near-term self-annihilation, again, taken as a whole. I, of course, understand that there are exceptions, and you know who you are. And to you, I am so deeply grateful. It is you few on which the collective fate of the entire human race, and indeed life on earth, completely depends at this late hour. I have an avalanche of bad news breaking headlines to cover again in this broadcast, and I'll dive into those in a moment. About my comparing our current global dilemmas with Easter Island, for those that may be unfamiliar with the Easter Island scenario, the historical inhabitants of this once thriving palm tree covered paradise drove their own population to collapse and cannibalism by cutting down almost all of the 16 million palm trees that data indicates once covered this island. And this was their primary food source. They used the tree trunks as rollers to build and transport massive stone idols, huge sculptures of heads. Why? Most will have seen the Easter Island idols on documentaries. How could the inhabitants of this island, a finite landmass with finite resources, not see their own demise coming? 
as a direct result of their behavior and chosen activities. And now, it's unfolding on a planetary scale. Clearly and arguably, collapse is coming at blinding speed. And even now, the vast majority are completely oblivious. And I'm fully aware that a great many inhabitants of our dying planet are simply trying to survive from day to day. But for far too many others, they are only focused on how to entertain themselves from day to day or what their next material acquisition will be. Many of this same demographic are also delusionally convinced that if they could just get their preferred political puppet elected, everything would turn out fine and we'd all live happily ever after. Good luck with that. Numerous cultures dating back centuries and more have seen all of this coming, which should come as no surprise given what we know about the self-destructive behavior of so many in the ranks of the human race, most especially those who crave power and control over others, over everything. But of course, they aren't the only problem, are they? Because the criminally insane in control couldn't do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. That is an inarguable fact. We've seen the enemy and he is us. It's up to all of us to change this trajectory or we will not be here much longer. On that note of not so good cheer, this is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free non-political global alert news report, the end of the world as we know it broadcast brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations, aka weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. We can, we must reach a critical mass by starting a conversation on the climate engineering issue that leads people to a credible source of data. Geoengineeringwatch.org will continue all of our efforts to be the go-to source on covert climate engineering operations. Let's press on. From the New York Times, a matrix media attempt to downplay what's unfolding and thus to keep populations from panicking until the moment of impact. Here's the New York Times headline. The 100-year extinction panic is back, right on schedule. They then say none of this is new. Apocalyptic anxieties are a mainstay of human culture. They continue. In response to rapid changes in science, technology, and geopolitics, they tend to spike into brief but intense extinction panics, periods of acute pessimism about humanity's future before quieting again as those developments are metabolized. The New York Times report continues with this. These days, it can feel as though the existential challenges humanity faces are unprecedented, but a major extinction panic happened 100 years ago, and the similarities are unnerving. Footnote. There is absolutely no valid comparison between now and 100 years ago. The report then says this. Understanding the extinction panic of the 1920s is useful to understand our tumultuous 2020s and the gloomy mood that pervades the decade. There are perverse comforts for some to dystopian thinking, they say. They then finish with this, but as the extinction panic of the 1920s shows us, action is possible and these panics can recede. I'll stop there. Any notion that what happened in the 1920s is in any way comparable to now is a very, very naive notion. Even during the Great Depression, so much of the planet had yet to be exploited and that is now over. 
The entire planet has not only been exploited, it's been completely contaminated. Life support systems of the planet are totally breaking down and there are billions more people on the planet now. Billions more than the planet is capable of sustaining any longer. Those in power know this. Why do you think they're doing what they're doing on so many fronts? And those blanks shouldn't be hard to fill in. From APNews.com, UN chief warns climate chaos and food crisis has threatened global peace. Empty bellies fuel unrest. That's all part of the headline. It then states climate and conflict are two leading drivers of our global food crises. That's from the Secretary General of the UN. Where wars rage, hunger reigns. Whether due to displacement of people, destruction of agriculture, damage to infrastructure, or deliberate policies of denial. On those first mentions, it's not hard to decipher who's destroying what and in what way. And how many consistent weather catastrophes do we have over agricultural producing regions? And in regard to the climate, from any perspective, there is no legitimate discussion about it without first and foremost addressing the climate intervention operations that the entire global climate science community is telling us we need to implement immediately. It will look just like what we see with the consequences we already have had to endure, which are getting worse by the day, but we're not actually seeing climate engineering, they tell us. And we have a population that wants to believe such blatant, glaring lies. If we don't wake up now, we won't have the chance again. A former endangered species biologist has recently published a new book that directly addresses the unfolding and accelerating human dilemma. Here's the title. Racing to Extinction, Why Humanity Will Soon Vanish. Here's an excerpt. Global warming, loss of biodiversity, and toxic chemicals are undermining the ability of the planet to support complex life. Routinely overlooked in causing our current predicament is that several million years of evolution has predisposed Homo sapiens, a.k.a. humans, both anatomically and behaviorally to vanish, i.e. exterminating themselves. We don't need an asteroid. We're doing a fine job of it now, and we don't even need nuclear war. Because even without that, and even if all human activity, including climate engineering, were to stop right now, there's no stopping this momentum. We are going to hit the wall at full velocity. And yet, even now again, the human race as a whole is hitting the accelerator, not the brake. New from the Wall Street Journal and many other sources, scientists resort to once unthinkable solutions to cool the planet. Again, more of the total deception that is just a proposal. From this report, three geoengineering projects seek to alter the chemistry of the atmosphere and the ocean. Critics warn of unintended consequences. Really? Unintended consequences? What could possibly go wrong with totally altering and completely contaminating the chemistry of our atmosphere and oceans? In the planetary asylum, such details are brushed aside. They always have been. The Wall Street Journal report continues, dumping chemicals in the ocean, question mark, spraying salt water into clouds. They're spraying into clouds, all right, it's not salt water. Injecting reflective particles into the sky, that's getting closer to the mark. The journal report then states, scientists are resorting to once unthinkable techniques to cool the planet because global efforts to check greenhouse gas emissions are failing. That's an understatement. They then say these geoengineering approaches were once considered taboo by scientists and regulators who feared that tinkering with the environment could have unintended consequences. Forgive me, 
because it's impossible for me not to respond to that statement again. How criminally moronic can it be for so-called scientists to say that there could, may, might be, quote, unintended consequences from the spraying of tens of millions of tons annually of toxic nanoparticles, heavy metals, polymers, the list goes on, into our skies, and then blast the atmosphere with extremely powerful frequency transmissions to manipulate the atmospheric particles and the weather systems they are saturating, and there could, may, might be consequences? We live in an honorless, moralless, planetary asylum. And about current smoke and mirrors geoengineering experiments, those in power want the public to focus on this distraction so they don't connect the dots and realize climate engineering has been ongoing and expanding for over 75 years, even though it couldn't be more obvious in our skies. Again, about the current climate engineering experimentation and those carrying them out, the Wall Street Journal report states that they, quote, would not disclose the composition of the proprietary particles. And why would we think they would? When the entire system of so-called public and environmental safety agencies has been systematically set up so that they don't have to disclose what's being sprayed into our skies. Stop and think about that. If you breathe air, if you drink water, if you eat food, all of it is exposed to tens of millions of tons of annual atmospheric climate engineering dispersions of nanoparticles, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, surfactants, polymer fibers, graphene, the list goes on and on. And there's much that we clearly don't know about because we don't know what to look for. Try not to breathe, try not to drink, try not to eat. Because these elements are so small, a thousand nanoparticles can, can fit across the width of a single human hair. They're so small and so bioavailable that they infiltrate virtually everything in the web of life. More on geoengineering. From SciTechDaily.com. Stratospheric aerosol injection. New research uncovers potential solution to ice sheet loss caused by climate change. Potential solution? After 75 years of unchecked climate engineering operations and with record low polar ice volume, zero ice on the Great Lakes in the middle of winter, how's the, quote, potential solution of climate engineering working out so far? Climate engineering isn't a card that could, may, might be played someday if we get desperate enough. These operations were deployed over three quarters of a century ago and have, not surprisingly, done far more harm than good, along with completely contaminating the entire planet. How many big pharma commercials do we see? It's every other one at this point, with some strange-sounding new name for some concoction that big pharma has cooked up, and a list of side effects so long that you wonder who would possibly utilize that product, and yet people do. Why are so-called environmental protection organizations silent on such a dire threat to life on Earth? Here's a clue from eandenews.com, inside EDF's private meeting on geoengineering, that's an environmental defense fund for those who don't know, reports as climate scientists, environmental activists, and philanthropists met privately last month to prepare for an an expected surge of Silicon Valley funding related to last-ditch measures for slowing global warming. Guess what? Too late. Card played over 75 years ago, done nothing but harm, used as a covert weapon of war, and they're pretending like they could, may, might have to do this soon. They then say the gathering on solar geoengineering or efforts to increase the reflectivity of the planet 
through spraying particles into the stratosphere or altering cloud cover shows how the notion of limiting sunlight absorbed by the Earth has moved from taboo to plausible in part by gaining the acceptance of tech industry billionaires. What's their interest? Their interest is only in somehow sustaining the status quo so that they can maintain their personal pursuits of pleasure and material gain until nothing is left. That's what their interest is. This article then says the meeting at the San Francisco offices of the Environmental Defense Fund, which has publicly supported research into geoengineering since 2011, was held to help set best practices for a coming wave of philanthropic funded studies into the concept also known as solar radiation management. The meeting has not previously been reported. Early research suggests that blanketing the stratosphere with aerosols for years or decades could damage the ozone layer and disrupt weather patterns, putting subsistence farmers and rain-dependent ecosystems at risk. Does solar radiation management make sense? Question mark, they ask. Is it more dangerous than climate change itself? Question mark, their question. The EDF scientist declined to provide a list of attendees. What a surprise. Again, this is, these are the so-called experts, the ones we are told to blindly trust from birth to death. Is it any wonder that we are free-falling into the abyss of near-term self-extermination? No, it's not a surprise. And if it is, it shouldn't be. From Bloomberg.com, this headline, quote, maybe let's not snowpiercer the atmosphere for those that have seen the Snowpiercer movie. The report then says, Apocalyptic notions aside, one of geoengineering's biggest risks is that it provides an excuse to delay the clean energy transition we truly need. This is all part of the equation. And there is no clean energy, by the way. There's alternatives to carbon fuel burning, but those alternatives are nothing more than carbon fuel extenders, wind, hydro, solar. There is no current clean energy technology available. If you don't believe that, please take the time to search and view Planet of the Humans and get a hard dose of the reality I just stated. And again, for those who don't know, I live off-grid. I have a background in solar, work for Bechtel Power Corporation. My home is on the cover of the world's largest, quote, renewable energy magazine. I have wind, hydro, and solar. And it's better than carbon fuel, yes. Is it going to save us? No. And for the record, what this Bloomberg article suggests has long since been a reality. Climate engineering, in addition to being used as a covert weapon of war, a weapon with which controllers have been able to bring populations in specific nations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they were under assault. In addition to this, a primary aspect of the climate engineering agenda is to mask the severity of damage being done to the planet while simultaneously inflicting even more damage. And in masking it, to keep the population confused and divided as to the true state of meltdown occurring, thus they are more able to keep business as usual, keep drilling and burning until nothing is left. That's all part of the agenda. It's, there's a multi-layered scenario here. It's not just a this or that. And too many people try to make it a this or that equation. And far too many people, far, far too many that should know better, are trying to pretend that the only problem with the Earth's ecosystems and climate is climate engineering. And that's simply not a rational conclusion. The planet doesn't know the difference between a particle from a geoengineering jet dispersion or a smokestack or an exhaust pipe. It's all doing damage, all of the above. 
It's not a this or that equation. If we want to stop climate engineering, it's imperative to stand on credible conclusions. And this one is hard to argue with from any standpoint that there can be no legitimate discussion about climate anything from any perspective without first and foremost addressing and dealing with the climate engineering, aka weather warfare factor. If we all stand together with that strategy, we will build bridges instead of burning them because all of us are needed in this battle. We have no chance otherwise. Let's go over some engineered winter weather mayhem from weatherchannel.com. Winter storm Lorraine dumps snow on Midwest, hail on South. Lorraine was just another named winter storm in the parade of named winter storms that have originated in the record warm Gulf of Mexico. Welcome to the new world of climate engineering. Also from AccuWeather, this burst of snow to streak over St. Louis to DC and Philly. The report says a new brewing storm will sweep from the Rockies to the Atlantic coast to end the week and could bring accumulating snow to some areas missed and hit by the storm from Monday to Tuesday. This so-called snowstorm, though highly sensationalized also, was nothing more than a small batch of migrating moisture that was hit hard with patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding. The result, a not-so-impressive dusting of frozen material over a very limited region. Thus, the AccuWeather term, quote, burst of snow. Are the AccuWeather climate engineering cover-up actors making it up as they go? Because it would seem so, though they look increasingly uncomfortable with the part they're playing as criminal accomplices in this massive public deception. Let's dive deeper. What are some of the consequences of the atmospheric particle saturation? From the journal Science, this new headline. Air pollution is changing the way flowers smell, leaving pollinators lost and the ecosystem in peril. Reports as new research shows that many flowers are covered with a pollutant that masks their scent, confusing insects. They then say airborne chemicals found in common carbon fuels are interfering with the pollination process, new research shows, to the point where it's changing the way a flower smells. Pollution from human activity, which includes climate engineering, by the way, is altering the chemical composition of critical scent cues and altering it to such an extent that the pollinators can no longer recognize it and respond to it. 75% of over 240,000 documented flowering plants need insect intervention, and about 70 species of pollinators are already on the endangered or threatened list, and that's a very, very conservative estimate, by the way. It's far worse than that. Let's add this from RT International. Bees with Alzheimer's, question mark, aluminum pollution linked to dementia in bees. And this, from ScienceDaily.com, aluminum, new factor in the decline of bee populations. How many know that? How many know that there's peer-reviewed study to prove that bees are dying of massive aluminum exposure and they're exhibiting symptoms that resemble Alzheimer's and dementia in a human being. They can't even find their way back to the hive. Why isn't that headlines everywhere and where's that aluminum coming from? And there's many factors killing the bees, I don't deny that. Frequency transmissions, glyphosate, the list goes on and on. But when we have bees a thousand miles from civilization and they're dying of aluminum exposure, where's that coming from? And for those that don't know or have been told something to the contrary, Although aluminum is very abundant in Earth's strata, it does not exist naturally in free form, period. If it's in free form, which makes it bioavailable, it has been mined and refined and dispersed, period. And aluminum is a primary element named in primary climate engineering patents. Do all these dots connect? It certainly seems so. You decide. From GUST.org, intensifying atmospheric rivers are leading to a surge in valley fever cases in California. 
Again, we don't know what's circulating in our atmosphere. And all these particles are, at minimum, platforms for fungal proliferation. And we can't know what's being added to the mix of the climate engineering dispersants. We cannot know. Never forget that those in power can spray anything they want, anywhere they want, anytime they want. This article from Grist.org continues, the fungal pathogen is thriving as the Golden State bounces between drought and flooding. They then say the disease disproportionately impacts Latinos, Filipinos, black people, Native Americans, and pregnant people for reasons researchers and physicians are still trying to figure out. Imagine that. They then say if the immune system can't fight off the valley fever spores, the illness can move past its initial phase and become a chronic condition that produces a severe cough, chest pain, weight loss, pneumonia, nodules in the lungs. This stage, known as the disseminated valley fever, can cause skin lesions and ulcers, swollen joints, meningitis, swelling of the membranes. None of that sounds good, does it? The report continues, but the size of the spike in valley fever cases, experts told Grist, cannot be explained by testing rates alone. Climate change, they say, is a hypo hypothesis that it may be supercharging valley fever. Valley fever will pose an increasingly profound threat to public health. They just can't figure it out. And consider that all official air testing tests for generally PM10, 10 microns, occasionally PM2.5, 2.5 microns, but never submicron. And we're dealing with nanoparticles with climate engineering. And by design, they all go under the radar. It's not an accident. There's more from theexpress.com. This headline, scary spread of deadly fungal disease across US as one in three infected die. This is a completely different element. The deadly CRS fungal infection, which reportedly kills one in three people infected, has spiked in recent months across dozens of US states, sparking a quote, global health threat, end quote. Again, that's from theexpress.com. So much that people don't see while they're watching Matrix Media Political Theater, the circus of the absurd, for hours on end. Nothing that matters. And other alternatives to see global news, like RT International and CGTV, have been taken off of satellite feeds and made unavailable so that we can't find any other source of news unless you go online. And how soon will we lose that? Moving on. How's the flora and the fauna doing? Not good. As I cover the next headline, which is from multiple sources, keep in mind, as President Lyndon Johnson stated in 1962, 62 years ago, he who controls the weather controls the world because you control food supplies, thus you control populations. So let's add that to this headline. Okanagan grape harvest wiped out for 2024. Five days of extremely cold weather, think chemical ice nucleation for weather modification, in January killed just about every wine grape bud in the Okanagan. The results confirm the industry's worst fears with the vast majority of samples showing no signs of life in their primary or secondary buds. A report by Cascadia Partners for Wines of BC released this week says this means that the production of 100% BC grapes and wine is projected to be 97 to 99% lower than usual. In other words, a 97 to 99% loss of their harvest. Let's add this from APNews.com. Nearly half of the world's migratory species are in decline, UN report states. Let's stop there again because all these types of reports, although they may sound bad, the reality on the ground is far worse still. Here's some statistics. In the last 40 years alone, 
we've lost over 70% of Earth's wildlife populations. 40 years alone, and that's a conservative figure, the current species extinction rate right now today is 15,000 times the background rate. That's a million and a half percent of normal. We're losing two to 300 species of plant, animal, and insect to extinction every single day. Try to get your arms around that. Many species haven't even been identified and we're losing them. We've lost 80 to 90% of Earth's insect populations, terrestrial and aquatic, right now. Plankton populations in the Atlantic down 90%. Other oceans not far behind. Fisheries down 90%. We will not be here long on the current course. So for those that are pacified by a report that should shock them anyway, that half of the world's migratory species are in decline, no, that is so radically short of how bad it is. Forgive me for bouncing back to the engineered winter factor because it needs to be focused on. This is a core component of climate engineering that all need to be awakened to as we are rapidly running out of time. And these winter weather whiplash shocks are part of what is annihilating what's left of the wildlife populations. All of this is connected. Nobody has a right to play God with the weather with these toxic elements and it is not about anything benevolent. It is 100% malevolent about power and control, period. From the postregister.com, Anchorage sets new snowfall record. Must be cold in Alaska, right? No, not so much. Immediate rebound to far above normal temperatures right now. Think about that. This is winter weather whack-a-mole and warm weather whack-a-mole. The two are inseparable at this point. From AccuWeather.com, New York City hit by biggest snowstorm in years. Over a thousand flights canceled. That's the kind of headline the controllers and the climate engineers absolutely relish because it, again, confuses and divides the population as to the true state of the climate. And we have almost a 700-day-plus drought for snow in New York, and they create this chemically nucleated dusting, which was absolutely ridiculous. Straight out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico, frozen material falling on New York and even out over the record warm Atlantic at far above freezing temperatures. Don't people remember the laws of physics? They haven't changed. And yet so many going about their life and playing in this chemically nucleated mess in New York that's gone in a day because the temperatures warm back up so rapidly. We are hurtling toward impact. And people are completely oblivious to that fact and ignoring their senses and ignoring their memories, their sense of reason. The AccuWeather report states, quote, the heavy wet snow, and again, that's typical of snow that's being nucleated at above freezing temperatures, a quote, heavy wet snow, they say was slow to accumulate on some roads as the ground was still warm. That's from the previous warmth before the flash snowstorm and then the following warmth. And they say following an unusually mild start to February, again, understatement, it wasn't a mild start, it was record warm temperatures. However, the snow clung to trees and other elevated surfaces, turning landscapes into a winter wonderland. That's what chemically nucleated elements do. Went over that in last week's broadcast. It tends to stick to things, adhere to things. That's why you have so many ice storms now between the record warm moisture in, in the transition zone and where it actually starts to fall is various shapes of frozen material. This was the latest in the ongoing parade of completely engineered and theatrically named so-called winter storms. And this one was, again, Winter Storm Lorraine. More of the so-called heavy wet snow, often odd shapes of frozen materials, I stated, which is completely unlike the miraculous snowflakes of decades past. How many remember that? But if it's so cold and wintry, why are the temperatures so warm, relatively speaking? And what about this report from MSN.com? The Midwest is experiencing a, quote, lost winter. Here's what that means. That's the headline. 
from the report. Across most of Minnesota and Wisconsin, average temperatures are 10 degrees or more above average for the season. Ice cover over the Great Lakes is at record lows. Wisconsin even observed its first February tornado on record, fueled in part by the warmth. For more on the subject of engineering winter weather from warmth, please search and view the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. No ice on the Great Lakes. Think about that. And on that subject, new from ABC News, why ice did not form in the Great Lakes this winter season. Shouldn't that give pause to most people who are even slightly awake? They say low ice coverage impacts a variety of tourism and recreation industries, end quote, from ABC News. So there you have it. Don't worry about the entire planet going up in flames, made worse overall by the climate intervention insanity that we're told is only a proposal, though any but the clinically blind should be able to see it if they would open their eyes. And don't worry about the unfolding collapse of the planet's life support systems and the complete contamination of Earth by toxic climate engineering fallout on top of all the other forms of pollution from the industrialized, militarized insanity. Just worry about the impact to tourism and recreation industries that will be impacted by total collapse. And if the damage to the tourism and recreation industries is too much to think about, just take a cruise on the new Icon of the Seas floating Disneyland cruise ship that just launched in 2024, the biggest by far cruise ship in the world. Icon of the soon-to-be-dead seas would have been a much more appropriate name for this monstrosity, a glaring harbinger of gluttony till the brutal bitter end. And again, sorry if I seem bitter. It's only because I am. And so many times I've been told that I have no right to judge those that wish to spend their money on personal pursuits of pleasure that cause great environmental harm to an already dying planet. I'm also told that I must not judge those that blindly wave their flags in unquestioning support for the perpetual expansion of the military-industrial juggernaut of destruction whose sole business is war and the destruction of what's yet left of the environment, with the U.S. military being the largest single-source polluter on the planet. Please don't believe me on that. Investigate it for yourself. So again, I'm told I have no right to judge any of this. But I say otherwise, when all the insanity I just described is virtually eliminating any chance of any future for any child on this planet, indeed for the entire web of life, then I have every right and reason to speak my peace and to sound the alarm, which I will continue to do so long as I am still standing. Morning reports that should raise eyebrows. This is confirmation of what I stated a few moments ago for any that are paying attention. From the New York Daily News, snowstorm likely to follow record warm weekend in New York. Cooler air fueled by a storm forming in the south will start making its way up the east coast on Sunday. Again, this was yet another so-called winter storm originating from the record warm Gulf of Mexico that brought snow to a region that just had temperatures in some places 30 degrees warmer than normal, shattering former record warm temperatures by as much as 10 degrees. How can this not be clearly unnatural? Why aren't more people concerned? For the record, a few not-so-fun facts, if the ramifications are considered. January 2024 was the eighth month in a row of all-time record-shattering warmth on our planet since record-keeping began. Again, all-time record warmth, each month breaking the previous month's record globally. Keep that in mind. For those that live in the eastern half of the U.S. lower 48 states, you're in the most consistent engineered cool-down zone on the planet. And there's a reason for this. The eastern half of the U.S. is where most Americans live. Keeping it cooler and wetter fuels confusion and division in regard to the true state of the planet's life support systems. Exactly what the controllers and the climate engineers want. More on this later in the broadcast if I can get to it. 
Let's go back further. Again, for the record, January 2024 was the 538th consecutive month of above average global surface temperatures. That's almost 45 years in a row. And these official statistics are in spite of the climate engineering chemical cooldowns, which skew the temperature records to the downside. And there's another factor. Official high temperatures are routinely underreported from official sources, often by very large margins, three, four, or even five degrees. So with all that in mind, has Al Gore told the truth after all? No. The meltdown is far more dire and immediate than anything we have officially been told. Further, not Gore or any official source is admitting to the Climate Engineering Manhattan Project part of this equation, an omission which is beyond criminal. Again, in the misguided and extremely destructive attempt to mask that heat, the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding continues wreaking havoc around the planet. Here's some examples from this week. UAE, United Arab Emirates, hailstorm in the desert, question mark, rare weather phenomenon shocks residents. That was new from BBC. The report states some locals were shocked to see the falling hail, which caused damage to homes and vehicles, according to local media. It was massive damage. Let's look at more headlines on that exact event. From Fox News, desert residents stunned by rivers of hail in rare UAE weather event. Keep in mind that Matrix Media routinely labels unprecedented events as, quote, rare in order to give the impression that it's happened before, even if it hasn't, which pacifies much of the population into concluding that such events aren't so dire, even if they were and are. There's more from planetnews.org. Giant hail the size of an apple hits the United Arab Emirates. And this from akhbrna.co. A hailstorm destroys cars and the walls of buildings in the UAE. Since when? Again, chemical nucleation causes exactly this. If you want to see some stunning results of chemical ice nucleation, search this title. Lake Michigan Ice Balls. It's not nature. Take a look at those pictures and try to convince yourself that it's just nature. It will shock you. Let's stand back a bit further. Again, how bad is our collective situation? This new headline from JobOneForHumanity.org. Red alert. Severe climate change consequence tipping point just crossed. If only that were true, that the quote tipping point was just crossed. In fact, as I've stated many times on the record, based on all available data, the point of no return was breached at least two decades ago, and the human race, taken as a whole, is still full throttle with business as usual, no matter the consequences. Let's add this, new from popularmechanics.com. Oops, scientists may have miscalculated our global warming timeline. That's their headline, including the oops part. From the report, the study concludes that the world started warming roughly 80 years before the IPCC's estimates. That's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the largest scientific panel ever created on any subject in human history, and they seem incapable of telling the truth. Popular Mechanics in says, and that we've already surpassed 1.7 degrees Celsius in 2020. Where does that put us now? And again, that's a conservative estimate. And for the record, data indicates we're already past 3.5 degrees C of escalation over pre-industrial baselines. But imagine that. They missed by 80 years for exactly the reasons I've cited on so many broadcasts. And now they're starting to tell the truth, not because they have a calling of conscience, but because they can't hide it anymore. Let's keep going from phys.org. This new headline, a deeply troubling discovery, Earth may have already passed the crucial 1.5C limit. Again, for the record, calling this a quote discovery is generous indeed. The fact that frontline temperature data has been routinely lied about for decades shouldn't be dignified with the term discovery. If the so-called climate scientists were so clueless for so long, then we can only surmise that they're either criminally 
ignorant of the very field of study in which we're told they're experts or they have been participating in the official lying the entire time. And their deception, of course, includes their official denial of the blatantly obvious climate engineering operations in skies all over the world. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 445, February 18th, 2024. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free non-political Global Alert News Hour is broadcast now on numerous AM and FM stations throughout the country. We recently added eight new stations, as I've mentioned in previous broadcasts. Recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column and on the Dane Wigington YouTube channel. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email, directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. About reaching those that still aren't looking up, here's one way. By starting the conversation with Geoengineering Watch Awareness Raising Materials, which can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward, we pass on our printed materials for less than our overall cost of producing and shipping. We are only in this fight to win it because all is in the balance. Extremely high quality printed materials, again with shocking images of pictures worth a thousand words. We now offer Geoengineering Watch hoodies, Geoengineering Watch shirts, scannable business cards, bumper stickers. All of these are effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Reaching a critical mass of awareness on the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we have a chance of stopping it from the inside out. If you're willing to share a picture of yourself with a Geoengineering Watch shirt or hoodie, perhaps at a gym or other crowded location, market, downtown, wherever, please send us a photo so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. And to all those who are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, you have my deepest and most profound gratitude. It's our collective efforts that can still make a difference at this late hour. Moving on, about our oceans, on which all of our lives completely depend, they're also in completely uncharted temperature territory, again, which is an existential threat in and of itself. But there's additional existential challenges looming. Let's examine a few of those puzzle pieces. From phys.org, permafrost alone holds back Arctic rivers and a lot of carbon. This report's referring to the mass methane expulsions occurring in the Arctic. Search and view this title, Siberian Methane Craters. If you're new listeners on some of our new channels or new stations, please search that, look at the images. You'll be shocked to the core. And the ramifications from this are beyond dire. From counterpunch.org, Arctic sea ice loss, a world of trouble. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, that's NOAA, over the past three decades, the oldest, thickest ice, 13 to 20 feet thick, 
previously has declined by a stunning 95%. And 70% of Arctic sea ice is now thin seasonal ice that quickly melts in the Arctic summer. We're hurtling towards blue ocean events in the North and South Poles. When this happens, the changes will be beyond profound. Most have no idea what's coming. So when you hear headlines about polar ice and that it's not as bad as people state, it's way worse than anyone stating. 95% loss of the mass, the volume, and that's all that matters. The rest is sea surface chemical nucleation to try to mask the implosion, which is making it all worse, not better. Here's another headline from phys.org. And keep in mind while I'm going through these headlines, this is what you're not being told while you're watching orchestrated political theater, the circus of the absurd on all matrix media stations. Atlantic Ocean circulation nearing, quote, devastating tipping point, study finds. From this report, collapse in system of currents that helps regulate global climate would be at such speed that adaptation would be impossible. The report says the scientists behind the research said they were shocked at the forecast speed of the collapse. Again, they didn't know. We knew at geoengineeringwatch.org. I knew. How come they didn't know? The system is being eroded by the faster than expected melt of Greenland's glaciers and Arctic ice sheets, which pours fresh water into the sea and obstructs the sinking of saltier, warmer water from the south. The Amok Ocean Current is already on track towards an abrupt shift, which has not happened for more than 10,000 years and would have dire implications for large parts of the world when it happens. The changes are irreversible on human timescales. That's what the report states, and it's what I've stated on the record for a decade and a half, and now they're finally beginning to admit to it. Again, another example of it's way worse than we thought. More confirmation of bad news and likely to get far worse very soon from sciencealert.com. It's confirmed a major Atlantic Ocean current is verging on collapse. From this report, the temperature, sea level, and precipitation changes will severely affect society and the climate shifts are unstoppable on human timescales. The authors of the latest study warn, that's a terrifying prospect. That's their words, not mine. That's from sciencealert.com. This glimpse, they say, into the future could provide the world with at least some capacity to prepare for what's to come. Well, I think not. So many have no clue what's about to break the front door in. The Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation, and that's AMOC, is a large system of ocean currents that transfers warm, salty water northward. This water cools on its winding journey north, which makes it denser. As the cold water sinks, water from other oceans is pulled in to fill the surface, driving the circulatory system back south again. This is the Earth's cooling system. It's miraculous, and it's about to collapse. The new study confirms past concerns that climate models systematically overestimated the stability of the AMOC current. In other words, they were trying to mask the fact that it was nearing collapse, and that's what the so-called climate science community has been tasked with doing, pacifying populations until the moment of impact. The sciencealert.com Calm report then states the AMOC ocean current impacts much of Earth's climate, so it's one of the tipping elements in Earth's climate system that researchers are most concerned about. The chain of reactions that will follow will severely impact entire ecosystems and global food security. Translation, empty food shelves, a.k.a. Mad Max in real life. About that food security, for the polar bears, it's already gone. And for those that think our fate is separate from the fate of the polar bears, think again. No functional environment, no people. Simple. 
From the UK Guardian, climate change. Polar bears face starvation threat as ice melts. Some polar bears face starvation as the Arctic ice melts because they are unable to adapt their diets to living on land, scientists have found. As the ice disappears in a warming world, many bears are spending greater amounts of time onshore eating birds, eggs, berries, and grass. However, the animals rapidly lose weight on land, increasing the risk of death. And here's the bottom line on this story. Polar bears won't make it on land. The native bears aren't making it either. In my Northern California off-grid wilderness location, in the past, I routinely had bears around my home, in my front yard. Big ones, healthy ones, but now I can scarcely find any sign of bears as I trek through the forest. The silence all the way around is deafening. And about the polar bears, for those sources that rant about how well the polar bears are doing and how many there are, please find your conscience and tell the truth. Start by viewing videos available online of polar bears foraging in polar trash dumps. And better yet, find and view one of the most heartbreaking and painful to watch videos I have ever seen. A skin and bones barely alive polar bear crawling along on the ground in a trash dump on all fours, desperately looking for any morsel of food he could find. I could scarcely make myself watch this, but I did. I must. I will not look away. And when I view scenes like this, and then hear the clueless or soulless rants of some about how well these magnificent creatures are doing when in fact, like the rest of the web of life, they are dying by the day. My blood boils. All I can focus on is doubling down on my already seven-day-a-week workload in this battle until the truth is fully exposed, until the gravity and immediacy of what we face and what the polar bears face is crystal clear, even to those that are neck-deep in denial." There's more from ecowatch.com. We're wiping out one of the world's oldest and toughest creatures. Green groups urge endangered protections for horseshoe crabs. These are magnificent creatures as well. Horseshoe crabs have been on Earth for more than 450 million years, since before the dinosaurs. They're more closely related to spiders and scorpions than crustaceans and can live as long as 25 years. Despite having lived through ice ages, the breaking apart of the continents, and many other geologic and atmospheric changes to our planet. The survival of these resilient creatures has been put in jeopardy by human activities. And it's not just habitat loss that's killing these living fossils. The EcoWatch report then states, quote, the continued reliance on horseshoe crab blood by pharmaceutical manufacturers has led to a rapid decrease in the population of this incredibly important species. Yes, another case of Big Pharma doing what they do best, stacked on top of what industrialized, militarized, so-called societies are doing to the planet and its deeply struggling life forms. What other ecological building blocks, primary building blocks, are now past the tipping point? Trees, without which we all die. Let's rewind to this 2023 report from the San Francisco Chronicle. California's drought is over, but forests are still dying. Why? Question mark. I've been over that in so many broadcasts, even in the middle of winter with rain falling. Trees are dying faster than ever. The report says since 2010, more than 200 million trees statewide are estimated to have died. The numbers don't include trees that are perished, have perished in wildfire. Those numbers are so radically conservative. Again, on last week's Global Alert News broadcast, I stated the following. Forests are dying faster than ever, not only in spite of the precipitation, but as already covered because of the precipitation. Every single drop is contaminated. Soil microbial life is being sterilized. Root systems killed off. Trees radically weakened. Pests like beetles then finish the job. No official agency is telling the truth about the core causes of the global forest die-off. From the New York Times, this. 
Why are California's trees dying? Question mark. The report says climate and human activities combine to make our forest vulnerable to fire and other plagues. California's iconic mountain forests are in serious trouble, according to a series of recent studies. Yes, they are. I've been trying to sound the alarm about this specifically since 2008. In that year... 2008, I worked with several others to organize and fund a full-page ad in a Northern California newspaper to expose climate engineering operations, their contamination of our air, soils, and waters, along with their impact on trees, which is further fueling wildfires. For my country news, this headline, California's tree die-off is bigger than you thought. No. Not true. It's exactly what I've long since concluded and stated on the record from our research at geoengineeringwatch.org. And on top of the dying, there's the burning. Last year alone, 72,000 square miles of Canadian forests went up in flames. What are the climate engineers planning for this year? I'll get to that in a moment, but if you want to know more about the dire truth of why, why would they facilitate such massive incinerations of forests? Search and view this title, one of our most important reports, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. Search geoengineeringwatch.org, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda, or go to the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org and search the entire Engineering Wildfires section. From CBC Canada, Drought, Wildfire Concerns, Impact, BC Summer Events. And they're already publicizing this now. This is a current headline. They say snow levels currently below normal, according to BC River Forest Center, raising risk of wildfire. They're talking about for the coming summer. Already setting the template for wildfires to incinerate yet more forests in the Pacific Northwest. And this new headline from another part of the world, from the UK Guardian. We are in an era of megafires. New tactics demanded as wildfires intensify across South America. Reports says that South America endures unprecedented high temperatures after the hottest January on record globally. It is still coming to terms with the devastating wildfires that have torn across the continent. Of course, it isn't just South America or Australia or Asia or Africa, the U.S., Canada, Europe. It's all the above. Everywhere, unprecedented incinerations, droughts, deluges, flash freezes, freak snowstorms, ice storms, massive hail, the list goes on and on. Stop and ponder the depth of insanity we find ourselves immersed in when such shockingly obvious climate engineering operations can be carried out in plain sight, pun intended, and total denial persists, not just from official sources, which is expected, not just from so-called academia, which is disappointing, but also not surprising, but also from the general population that are so deeply impacted by it all. This is truly troubling. Human so-called civilization has been built on a fatally flawed false paradigm of perpetual growth on a finite planet with finite resources. If and when so-called civilization can no longer devour and devastate the natural world to sustain itself, and this includes everything I've described in this broadcast, the power structures, attempts to play God with the weather to retain their power to the brutal bitter end. The Ponzi scheme paradigm of perpetual growth on a finite planet with finite resources collapses in on itself, and we are already free-falling into this stage of the brief chapter of the human race on planet Earth. This phase will likely soon be radically accelerated by countless forms of weapons of mass destruction, which includes nuclear power plants that will soon enough end up in full-blown meltdown scenarios as so-called civilization collapses and there's no way to maintain the cooling of the reactors. And then there's nuclear war on top of it all. 
As conditions worsen on all fronts, as the totality of what's unfolding begins to stir subconscious fear in more and more individuals, we will see far more clearly what those we know are made of, who they actually are. Many will reach a point when they look themselves in the mirror and ponder what they will do given the realities we collectively face. We are all at the great crossroad, the moment when each of us must decide for ourselves what we are made of and why we're here. Take the narrow road, the road less traveled. Decide you're here for a reason. Decide you're here to make a difference. Decide to protect at all costs the only things any of us can truly call our own, our will, our virtue, our honor, our morality. These God-given traits can never be taken, only willingly sacrificed, and this we must never choose to do. If... By our collective efforts, we can fully expose climate engineering operations, which are in reality much more than that, and none of it benevolent. We would trigger a shockwave around the world. We would forge the possibility of halting these operations of mass destruction from the inside out. Only our collective efforts can trigger the desperately needed landslide of awakening. It's imperative to make every day count in this most critical battle. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how to move this fight forward. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.